Let's now look at the Word and share some things. We've been looking at knowing our enemy and we've seen his purposes in two sermons. We looked at he victimises, villainises and vexates believers. I think 16 points we covered under that. We've seen his past violations where he sinned and through the pride of his own heart he was lifted up and tried to take the throne of God in Isaiah and in Ezekiel, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. We've seen his present vocation as seen in his prescribed names. We've looked at that. We've seen his present vocation in his personality and nature. And now we're looking at his present vocation as seen in his preoccupations and practices. And this we are looking at this evening. And first of all, he's out to imitate God. His activity of imitating God. He hasn't got an original thought. He has to copy that which has already been done. He can be had for plagiarism. Big time. Uh, Imitation is a form of flattery on most cases because we are imitating or taking on the other person's work and thoughts and labour whereas we haven't got it ourselves. And so this is what the devil has done. Um, He has an obsession to be like God. Um, Repenting sinners... God offers freely to all repentant sinners the priceless privilege which Satan is desiring to have to become a son of God, to be like God. The Apostle John described this truth in 1 John 3 verses 1 and 2. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Satan's trying to get this by force. We're given that position by believing by faith on the Lord Jesus. Now, how does Satan imitate God? And we may only get through this first point, and on the outline in WhatsApp there's There's many points, about 15 points, but this is the first point, and under this point we've got about 13 points, how Satan imitates God. Consider, first of all, in the book of Revelation, chapter 13 and verse 2, what's said there, Revelation 13 and verse 2, and the beast which I saw was like a leopard and his feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and his great and great authority there and in chapter 16 and verse 13 of the book of revelation we read there and i saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet did you pick up how that Satan is trying to imitate God in those verses, particularly the one in chapter 16, verse 13. We have here that he's imitating God in the Trinity. You have the dragon, 
that is representative of the Father. We have the beast, or the Antichrist, representing the Son, the Lord Jesus. And, and when the Antichrist comes, he will present himself as God, showing himself that he is God. And since it's in the temple of God, I believe that's in Thessalonians. And so that's the Antichrist. And then you have the false prophet representing the Holy Spirit. And so he is imitating God in that he has an unholy trinity, a very unholy trinity, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet given in those verses. And so this is not an original thought. This is God's way. But he is trying to remember, he's trying to deceive man. He deceives Israel. He hoodwinks Israel. And the book of Isaiah tells us that they make a covenant with hell. They make a covenant with the Antichrist. <clears throat> and he declares himself to be the Christ. Him, Jesus said this, him you will receive. You reject me, the Lord Jesus said, but you receive him. And it's not far into the tribulation, I think, in the first three and a half years of the seven in the early stages, 144,000 Jews are saved, 12,000 from each tribe. They wake up to the fact this is not right. He is not Jesus Christ. And then later on, as they preach to their people and to the world, people start twigging. This guy is not for real. This is not the real deal. This is a deceiver. This is an imitator. And he, Antichrist, will sit in the throne of God, supposing, uh, saying, I am God. And by the middle of the tribulation, when the Jewish people have woken up and they start turning to the Lord Jesus by faith and believing, then Antichrist gets real mad. So mad that he offers a pig on the newly built temple in, in Israel, in Jerusalem, and desecrates the temple. The, the uh, desecration of the temple that Daniel spoke about and that the Lord Jesus said would happen in the book of Matthew. When you see this desolation happen, this contamination, and then, then watch out, look up and read, read Matthew. So, <clears throat> yes, even the Jews and the world takes on Antichrist as God. Well, praise God, we've been warned about this and we're not going to be there to part of it anyway. And those that are there and get, get saved and a realisation hits them, this is, this is the devil, not the Lord. A second area that he imitates God in is the temple or the synagogue. And it's chapter 2 of the book of Revelation and verse 9. And we read there in 2 and verse 9, I know thy works and tribulation. And it's the church at Smyrna, the persecuted church, and poverty, but thou art rich. I know the blasphemy of them who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. It is tragic, but it's true <clears throat> that today thousands of churches deny the book, deny the blood and deny the blessed hope and return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thousands upon thousands of churches. Whose synagogue are they? Well, whose church are they? If they deny the blood, they cannot be saved. For the <clears throat> remission of sins, the forgiveness of sins, only comes through 
the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You deny the blood, you deny the Lord Jesus, you are not saved. You deny the book and you change the book and translate it from a a perverted text and have a false book. It's happening all around the world on a grand scale. The old paths have been changed. And the blessed hope and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, all these, deny that. And you have a, not a church, but a synagogue of Satan, a church of Satan. You say, well, <clears throat> oh, oh, that's the occultic church. No, they can be people that call themselves Christian churches and can have that happening in amongst themselves. There was one Barnhouse, a writer of past years, he used to say, when searching for the devil, we should not forget to check behind the pulpit. You say, how dare you? That's what the Bible says, and we'll see it in a moment in another area. <clears throat> he imitates God thirdly in that he has his doctrines. In First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, Satan has his doctrines. First Timothy 4 and verse 1 we read there, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils or doctrines of demons. And these people are in Christendom, in the church as it were, but they are spousing the doctrines of the devil, speaking lies in hypocrisy, it goes on to say. And some of these doctrines of Satan are taught in the seminaries and schools and Bible colleges of so-called Christian churches. Free love. Try before you buy teaching. You know, if you talk to unsaved people today, they just live like that. So many people, you, you know and I know, live like that. But it's in the... Why It why is it in the world? Because the churches have failed to teach. You know, the, the, the abstinence of physical relationship before marriage. Abortion on demand. Homosexuality. These things have been discussed in churches, in, in colleges have been taught. It's okay. Salvation by good works. Evolution. Other areas, theistic evolution is where you believe it started by evolution and God just twigged it. No. Well, God gave it the power to it, the source of it, then it evolved to be what it is. No, no. In 6,000 years, according to the scripture, according to the exact dates that are given in the Old Testament, and you can personally read through it and add the dates up as it goes Add the times up as you go through the different men of the Old Testament. <clears throat> and as one called Bishop Usher has done, and he's, he's brought it up that, you know, we're, we're living in the 6,000th year now, but in two, 1996 was 6,000 years from creation. They even endeavoured to get the, da- the date in October, they say, that is when the world was created back then. And there's a whole heap of... Materials you can study on that, but <clears throat> doctrine of evolution. He has his doctrines. He has his teachings. He has his churches. He's an imitator. And he imitates, and in a fourth area, 
He has his mysteries. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 24. This is Revelation 2 and verse 24. We read there of the church at Thyatira. When I find it, we read, But unto you, I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, and as many as have not this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I'll put no other burden upon you. <clears throat> he has his mysteries. God has his mysteries. The church was a mystery before it was revealed to Paul. And it reads that in Ephesians chapter 3. There's the, the mystery of iniquity. There's the mystery of the second coming and the, and the revelation of that. And, and mysteries can be revealed and God has revealed the, the mystery, these mysteries to us. But Satan, the depths of Satan, the mystery of Satan... Satanism is alive and well. And in, as I quoted in Second Thessalonians 2 verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. He's got it going now. Only he who letteth will continue to let the Holy Spirit until he, the Holy Spirit, be taken out of the way. He has his throne. He has his throne in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 13. I know thy works... And where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou hast thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my the faith, my faith, even in those days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth, where Satan dwelleth, is that he has his throne and his place there in the church or at the place of Pergamos, not in the church, but there. And in chapter thirteen and verse 2 it's even more pointed 13 and verse 2 and the beast which I saw, which I saw was like a leopard and his feet were like the feet of a bear and he hath the mouth like a lion and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority and his seat <clears throat> in Genesis chapter 11 verses 1 to 9 indicating the the that Satan's throne at that time was in Babylon. But in Revelation, we have it moved to Pergamos, which is in Turkey, modern-day Turkey, in John's day and even in our day. And in Revelation 18, it hints that the devil's capital or throne or place where he sent us from. You see, the devil can only be at one place at one time, his demons go out doing his work. But there in Revelation 18, his seat, his throne, his authority will be back in Babylon. As you read it there in Revelation. So he has his throne. It was at Pergamos and it's moved around. And you, th you think today, uh, uh, you wonder where it is. You look at the most horrific activity and evil activity and you can say it might be there. But the, the Bible only tells us of those places we've mentioned. <clears throat> he has his kingdom in Luke's gospel. The gospel of Luke, chapter 4 and verse 6, we read, And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. And in the verse before, the devil taketh him, the Lord Jesus, to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. 
and it might not have just been the kingdoms at the present time when that was when this happened but the kingdoms that would come and the kingdoms as even even today and the devil showed him all these and he said i will give you this power i'll give you power to the lord jesus if you'll fall down and worship me <clears throat> could the devil offer him the savior the creator of these things yes because they were his to offer it says that in these verses here and so he has his kingdom in a very real sense he could offer the lord our savior these places in john chapter 14 and verse 30 we read there hereafter i will not talk much with you for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me and in first john 5 19 we know that we are of god and that the whole world lieth in wickedness lieth in the control of the wicked one it's no wonder that god tells us as his beloved as his people not to be conformed to this world we live in enemies the enemy's territory we shouldn't be conformed to the fashions of the world we shouldn't use the means of the world to minister uh, spiritual things we should not be pragmatic in our approach to spiritual ministry pragmatism is if it works we'll do it we'll use that system we'll use the world's music we'll use the world's methods we'll bring that into the church in the management methods and the manners of the world and god says no this is of the world and it's of the devil don't use those methods don't use those means and the music and so forth to to do the lord's ministry let the lord work through his church let's pray for the lord to work and empower the church and the preaching and the ministry and the testifying let the lord do that and show his power <clears throat> and in revelation 13 and verse 4 and they worshiped the dragon which gave power to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying who is like unto the beast? who is able to make war with him yes he has his worshipers he has those that fall down and worship him and they're everywhere and many people do not even know it read um, ephesians chapter 3 in the first few few verses there it talks about the christians that were saved and and we once were the children of the devil but now you walk in the light walk as children of light later on in the book of ephesians it tells us so <clears throat> don't worship the devil worship the lord we are we were his children we are now the children of god we're born children of the devil into this world we have a sinful heart we reject the message when we grow to the age of accountability or receive the message and become god's children he has his angels as well in the book of revelation chapter 12 and verse 7 and there was war in heaven michael the archangel fought and against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels so here we have the mention that michael the archangel who is a particularly powerful angel serving the lord the lord god he fought with the dragon and the dragon had his angels and they fought there and back in verse 4 and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and he cast them to the earth and this is believed by many and fundamental bible believing christians to be where satan when he fell with his tail drew a third part 
of the angels of God with him and they became demons. The devil was not created as the devil. The, these demons were not created as demons. They were angels. And they, along with the devil, fell and rebelled against what God had made them to be. And so he imitates in that he has his angels. And it says a third of them joined the devil in his revolt against God. He has his ministers. In the book of Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 15, we have this written. <clears throat> Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers, this is the Satan's ministers, verse 14, you can read that, his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Don't, don't marvel at this, the Lord said. He has his ministers. You know, you can have a suit on and you can come to church. You can have a dog collar, as we, we call it. We can have a cloak of all sorts of colours. We can wear mitres on the head. and We can have all the bells and whistles attached to us. We can have the status. We can have the rituals. We can have the idols, we can have the political agendas, we can have all sorts of names, you know, that aren't in the Bible, primates and popes and whatever you want to call, cardinals. Show me in the Bible where these things are mentioned. Show me in the New Testament where it speaks that these are, <coughs> these are involved in the church. We are all believer priests, Christians are. It doesn't talk about a priest being over people. It doesn't talk about being a pope. Peter was not, hey, Peter was married. It tells us that in the scriptures. He wasn't the first pope. Upon this rock, Jesus Christ, I will build on my church. Not upon little Peter, the little rock. These are all things that Satan has invented and he's deceived and hoodwinked the world into believing this is a church with all these high buildings with steeples with church bells it's all man-made the church is the people it's not a building at all as far as a physical building it's a building as far as lively stones put together as a building of God but he has his ministers in these places preaching false doctrine and condemning souls to hell Satan doesn't want this to be exposed but he needs to be because it's not Bible, it's not Christian. <clears throat> he, has, he has his miracles. I remember years ago when I was a young fella in my teens, they had someone within the relatives that said that, you know, we can all do miracles today and it's for today, it's not for yesteryear, it's not for the early church, it's for today, you know, <coughs> doing miracles. And then someone said to him, well, Satan can do miracles and with that they know he cannot, he cannot do miracles. Well, what does the Bible say? Can he do miracles or not? Let's turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 13. Revelation 13 and verse 12, we read there, and he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them that dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. There's a miracle. He, the deadly wound was healed of the beast. And he doth great wonders so that he may... He doth what? Miracles. 
He doth great wonders. He causes, maketh fire to come down from heaven on the earth and in the sight of men. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth and then that they should make an image to the beast that had the wound of the sword and did live. You see, he, yes, does do miracles, can do miracles. And he deceives the world in the future by the miracles he, do, he, he will do. <clears throat> Isn't it amazing that the Lord Jesus, when he was on earth, what did he do? How did he authenticate himself that he was the Son of God? Did he not do many miracles? He went about doing good, healing the sick, raising the dead, fixing lame bodies, taking the disease of the blood away from people, making the lame to walk, healing the sight of the blind, the deaf heard. He was doing all these miracles. What did they do to him? They crucified him. And here comes one, inspired by the devil, doing the miracles, the false prophet, representative of the devil's idea of the Holy Spirit. And he does these miracles and what does the world do? Swallows it, hook, line and sinker. And folks, faith healers, healing seminars, leg stretching, headache healing, deception, deception, deception. Don't follow it. Don't be taken in by it. Listen to what Matthew 7 verse 21 tells us. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? That's a gift that's given in the early church. We have the completed revelation of the Bible. Go by the book, folks, today. Not by a new revelation, so many people. Have a new revelation today. Where does it end if that's the case? And it's not the case. It's not a revelation from God. It'll be of the devil. Prophesied in thy name. And in thy name cast out devils. Isn't that miraculous? And in thy name done many wonderful works. And listen to what the Lord Jesus said to them. I never knew ye depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. He is out to captivate ensnare, enslave, entrap unstable and unwary souls by those things that he does and by those people he works through and by the deceptive means. I was talking to someone just this week about how there's so many things out there, so many teachings, so many doctrines, so many people spousing this and that and they've got the access to the internet, which we do too that we can put out the messages on and they put their messages out and they take scriptures and they pull them out of their context and don't leave them there where they're, where they're really meant to be. Read it all about, not just the verse. And they, they put that and they bring it, they go and search for another verse that says something that they like. And they, they put them together and, you, and people are totally confused and saying, you know, what, what's, what's going on? Who's true here? <clears throat> How do you know your church is true? How do you know what your preaching is true? <laughs> Back to the book in its context. Doing it, literally interpreting it. But he has his miracles, 
Don't be trapped. Don't be hoodwinked by those that is, are doing the supernatural. The devil can do the supernatural. Even those in the darkest recesses, the places where the gospel has never happened, have miracles happening of the devil. Don't be hoodwinked. He has his sacrifices. He has his sacrifices. And this is mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 20. I say unto you the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. Or would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. So there the Bible is saying he has his sacrifices, sacrificing to devils, which the Gentiles do, and not to God. And I pray that we don't go and get involved with that. We hear of, we hear of things and places where these sort of things have happened and even the government has to dig deep into you know, ritualistic sacrifices and even get to the human sacrifices. And in the past they've done it, in the present they do it. So <clears throat> he has his sacrifices. The devil is a imitator. This is what we're looking at in all these points. He has his fellowship also that's mentioned in the verse we just read in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 20. I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. You say people don't do that. Yes they do. I've heard testimonies of people that have had fellowship with devils. They get a guiding spirit, the new age movement. Taking drugs. You'll be in tune with the devil in no time. And they, they, actually they said if, if you go to a new age training session, which there have been around, <clears throat> they'll teach you to get a guiding spirit, which will be a demon. And they'll, they'll take, take you and they'll take it through time and this is the process you go. But they will say, if you want to get a guiding spirit quickly, take drugs and you'll get one. And that, that's their own testimony. That's what they say. Uh, they, have this, they have their fellowship. Don't be involved with it. Don't get involved. And unsaved people do. And they're hoodwinked. And, and because miraculous things happen, because out of the ordinary things happen, then they say, this is supernatural. Yes, but it's of the devil. It's not God. Don't be deceived by that. He has his fellowship. He has his armies. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 24 and verse 21, it's come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones, the host of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the earth upon the earth. And so these infernal armies will someday be soundly defeated by the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to the book of Revelation chapter 14 and verse 14. Praise God. He's not going to win the final victory. That is the devil. But he does have his armies that fight for him. In verse 14 of 14 it says, And I looked and behold a white cloud and upon the cloud one sat like the son of man having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came in out of the temple and crying with a loud voice to him that sat in the cloud <clears throat> on the cloud thrust in thy sickle and reap for the time is come for thee to reap 
for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in the sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, who had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in the sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine and of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in the sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the right of of the wrath of God and the winepress was trodden without the city and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horses bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs this is talking about the battle the final battle where the Lord comes and his angels thrust in the sickle and and beat the the enemy's angels and the 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 battle rages and the enemies are not only angelic beings, but are nations that come down and descend at the time of Armageddon to fight with God. He has his armies. He had, he's going to fight the battle. And in Revelation chapter 16 and verse 16, and they gathered them together in the place that is called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And it's a huge battlefront right up from higher up in Israel, at Jezreel. There, and I'm trying to think of the mountain there that's mentioned, and right down to Jerusalem, the battle will rage, and the blood will flow, and the enemy, the enemy Satan, puts his forces in array. <clears throat> all those gathered from all over the world, the armies and his angelic beings, and the Lord Jesus descends, and you read it in Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, and and here the battle comes to a head and the enemy is soundly defeated in verse 11 Satan is defeated in his armies I saw heaven opened in verse 11 and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness does he judge and make war his eyes were like a flame of fire and his head were many crowns had a name written that no man knew but he himself is clothed in the vesture dipped in blood his name is called the Word of God. There's no one, this is none other but the Lord Jesus. And the armies that were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations, the enemies of the Lord, the armies of Satan. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God that we read back just a moment ago. In Revelation 16 and 14, and he hath on his name, on his vesture, and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, if you're on the devil's side, he's going to be soundly defeated. Come and know the Lord and get onto his side. Trust in the Lord Jesus. Believe on him. Don't stay as the enemy of the Lord. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So there are some of the things that Satan imitates of God. He, he has all these, but it's all of no avail. All the fights, all the problems, all the things he's caused for the ages of mankind comes to nothing. And all those that follow him are sealed in the, with the same doom as he has. Let's just consider some other things. 
he doesn't only imitate, but he inserts. He inserts unbelievers into the church. Look at the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20, and we read there about how he does this. The book of Acts chapter 20, and round about verse 20, it is, verse 20, and I, for I know this after my depart, departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And of your own selves shall men arise, speaking of perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. And so he inserts tares among the wheat. He inserts these false professing people, professing to be Christians, who are truly not Christians, into the churches and causes all types of trouble. And over the 40 years of ministry, more than that, here at the church, And in other churches, I've seen the inserts of Satan, where he puts these people into churches to cause all sorts of trouble amongst the people. And naive people, people who are not alert, get hoodwinked by these people. And they follow them and cause all manner of strife in churches. Shouldn't be, but it happens. Because people are not attentive to the word. Listen to what Matthew chapter 13 says says, and verses 24, and the interpretation of it. 13.24, we read this. And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man who sowed good seed in the field. But while the men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the household came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in the field? Jesus, didn't you sow just good seed? Oh, yeah, we did. (laughs) Sir, did thou not sow good seed in the field? From where come, or whence cometh the tares? He said unto them, An enemy, an enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? That is, rip up the tares. He said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up the wheat also. And doesn't that happen in churches? When you try to put out a person that is a deceiver and a tear amongst the churches, others are torn up with them, true believing people. And they're disinterested and they become disillusioned and they go out and they follow this person and then they they leave them and they're... They're floundering around in their Christian life. The Lord said, let them both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will gather the reapers. Gather together the first the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them. And gather the wheat into the barn. And so this is what the Lord said would happen. The devil would insert people within the, the the. function of the church and cause this and it's happened if you look if you look for 2000 years of church history the devil has kept on inserting into the church or into Christendom his plants his tares Jesus in verse 36 of 13 said Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house and his disciples came unto him saying declare unto us the parable of the tares and of the field And he answered unto them and said, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. 
but the tares are the children of the wicked one, Satan. The enemy that sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be at the end of the world that we just read in the book of Revelation. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels and gather together out of his kingdom all the things that offend, and whosoever doeth iniquity, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's talking about individuals that are gathered as tares would be. Then shall the righteous shine forth as a sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. So there's no doubt about it that he inserts into the church or Christendom the tares. And I believe in the tribulation. This is particularly referring to that and speaking to Jewish people in the book of Matthew. The watch out for the tares. Here is Christ or there is Christ. I oh, know. Don't follow them. There is only one, the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you come to him? And as the blessing is for those people <clears throat> who are true, let's say true blue believers in this and the, any age to come, the righteous shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Will you be that one who is righteous? Are you a tear or a wheat? Uh, are you true or are you a fake? <laughs> Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Study the things. Have you the faith? Have you believed and trusted wholly on the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are you an imitator? Are you imitating a Christian and putting on the airs and graces of a Christian, but inside you know you're not? If you haven't got faith, come to the Lord Jesus. Believe on him. And... Uh, <clears throat> Don't let him insert into your life anybody or anything or any doctrine that is false. It's a tear, get rid of it. If it's not viable, get rid of it. Come to the Lord Jesus. Believe his word. Grow in the word in the grace of the Lord Jesus. And God bless you as you do and seek to serve him.